episode of Bayer's Chat, for which will unfortunately be, boys, our last uh, review of this season um, after, a yeah, just a it was heartbreaking uh, loss to Collingwood, uh, scoring 10-14-74, same as the week before, to Pies 11-09-75. One point, how would you feel when the siren went east? How do you feel now, mate? Yeah, well, um, I thought the um, Demons game was going to be the a heartbreaker and we finally get over the line this week, but um, they did it again. And um, wow, against the, you know, old enemy and um, the, the best rivalry in the AFL, in my opinion, um, we hate each other um, and losing to them with a minute 40 to go. We've been in the eight until the last minute 40 of the season, just heartbreaking. If you, if you don't laugh, you cry really. Um, it's definitely not a good situation. And, um, me personally, it's just a fail. Really, it's just a fail. And um, considering the position we're in, obviously, if someone said, "Oh, let's, if we're twelve and ten at the end of the year," I would have gone, "Yeah, I would have taken it." But when you're eight and two, ten and four, fuck me, and you end up twelve and ten, it's a yeah. it's a heartbreaker, and we're going to be living it with it for six months and all the memes that come with it. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, it's sort of depending on its perspective in the sense of where you, where you ask. Like if you ask pre-season, you take it. If you ask when you you know haven't dropped a game in the first half a dozen, whatever, you 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 laugh and think there's no way that can happen. But uh, Pato, what happened, mate? How are you feeling? Yep, you summed up very perfectly there, Duff. Um, I know that after the sign, it was just numb. Um, I I sat in my seat for about 25, 30 minutes after the game because I just. I just, I just, I couldn't, I, I, I don't know what to feel. Um, I, I know that's by far um, the most heart, heartbreaking I've ever been watching this club. Um, and we've experienced finals, we've, we've experienced other close games and big game, um, other close games and quite large games through the season. But there's nothing like that. Um, that feeling was, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want any supporter to go through that sort of feeling that we went through last night. Um, and I know that there are some people who say, yeah, no, nah, it's just a game, but it's actually not. Like to us, it's just not. It's not just a game. Like the whole week, even at work, or, or like if I went for a coffee with a mate, we were talking about the game on the weekend and he would be like an Essendon supporter or saying, and we would be, and we would be talking about this game. Um, and yeah, like, like, like also just seeing like a little kid just crying in front of me on the walk home, just like, crying to and he was like four or five years old like he hasn't experienced much at all um and he's just crying to his dad and then like his dad is like trying to like like calm him down saying it's all right son it's all right son but that just like that just shows how much this club means to so many people and, and like i'm speaking upon myself like i have no idea how many other people it impacts but um yeah that was heartbreaking um i know that i shed a tear once again but that was just yeah that was something else um but yeah um unfortunately like like as Duff said, I just think it was just a fail um, from where we were during the season on such a high to finish the season like that. Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, you said it was a four, four to five-year-old kid. You probably should double-check. Could have been me because i tell you what, I was yeah very emotional after the game. Um, yeah. He just couldn't speak. He was almost speechless. Um, but, so he finished 12 and 10, ninth on the ladder. Um, expectation was finals. Uh, that was what obviously Sayers said. Uh, we fall yeah, just short after being in the eight since what the third or fourth quarter of uh, round one. Um, 
I had us by 38 in the end. Look, after that third quarter, um, we took our chances in the fourth, I think kicking 0-6. Uh, could be wrong for about 15 entries, something like that. Um, it could have easily been that. It wasn't that. Um, do you know what you had, East? Yeah, I think it was around five goals-ish. Um, like you said, it really could have been, probably should have been, based on you know the entries and the control we had in the first 10 minutes of the last quarter. The game should have been iced. Um, and we failed again. Absolutely. Pato, what did you have, man? Yeah, I had the blue bag by 24. And um, also, of course, we were, we was very quickly touch on the speech. Um, I know that he, unfortunately, is working tonight. So um, I know that he had us by 14 points as well. So obviously, our predictions didn't really go the way um, that we once thought. But um, yeah, just really unfortunate. Yeah, so um, yeah, absolutely, man. We'll unpack the game. Just sort of uh, in each sort of start. We won't touch on it too much because, look, it's a new year next year and um, we'll go from there. But look, in the first quarter, I just felt like we played in their hand a little bit. Like, I mean, throughout the match, we're the better team for most of the match. I don't think there's any real dispute in that. But I think the first quarter, I don't know, I felt like we sort of played into their hand. Like, we sort of got more of the ball, but they sort of almost didn't mind that as much because we were very sort of, I don't know, fumbly to start and we turned it over a little bit, which we didn't actually do too much in the end. But um, how did you read that first quarter, Ethan? Yeah, we just, um, like people were saying, us guys were saying at quarter time, we just looked like we didn't have anything to play for um, in the first quarter. Um, particularly, like I know the second quarter as well, we kind of got ourselves a little bit back into it and edged it back. But it just felt like we weren't in the game until um, the third quarter where we started to fire. But yeah, that first quarter was, it was, it was really alarming. I was, I was worried. I was like, oh no, like, um, you know, they could really thump us here. Just off, you know, uh, rebound out of their D50. That's that's where they get most of their goals from all year. And um, we just, we won enough clearances, won enough of the ball, like you said. But when you're missing easy kicks and decision errors and fumbles and um, at this late in the year with so much at stake, um, you can't be starting a game like that. And it actually ended up hurting us um, in the game in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I mean, we'll touch on it later as well a bit, but obviously Walsh going out, you know, right up before that opening bounce, um, obviously did the, all they could to get him up. But look, I mean, he makes a huge difference. He's a great player, but each player out there can still kick a fucking football, pick a football up. Like Doherty, one of the cleanest players we've got. So um, and I'm not saying anything bad about him, played very well. But um, yeah, uh, Pato, how did you read that first quarter, mate? Yeah, I think that first half was just kind of down to um, our... Like, like we weren't really used to that situation. Um, and I think there were a few players that we probably thought that could adapt a little bit better um, that just simply were just overcome by the occasion. Like 88,000 at the G, which is an awesome turnout, probably the biggest crowd since COVID started, I think. Um, maybe Anzac Day, I don't know how many they got there. But, um, but yeah, I just think they were just... You can tell in that first five, 10 minutes, we were just so shit with the footy and just players who just weren't making the right choices. And you kind of saw that you can see that a team like Collingwood played in the grand final in 2018 because you can see the difference because they they were the guys that were more composed. You have guys like Penner inside, whatever. Yeah, people were saying that, that that they're washing their past, but they are so, so not like that. And like if like a Maynard, like he's probably one of the most underrated players in the cop. Like he's a very, he's a senior player um, and he showed why he was such a good player like, um, yesterday. So um, yeah, I just think it was just the occasion just got on top of us and I just think um, whatever Vossi said at halftime obviously helped but um, yeah I just think when it was crunch time and it was came down to the final moments of the game um, that just beat us 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, it would have been the biggest crowd. There was 84,000 um, at the Anzac Day one. So, yeah, biggest crowd would have been since the 2019 uh, grand final, which is yeah, crazy. But, um, look, as you said, overall, the better team, um, but which is, you know, um, makes it harder to swallow. But it's also, you know, you can take some positives out of there. You're stupid if you don't take positives out of the year, at least. And um, in more so than probably the last two games, as well, especially with, you know, key injuries, not just this game, but throughout the year, we've been, we've been challenged and look, I think we've done okay. Um, we'll get into, obviously, the season you know, review in the next week or so, hopefully with speech sleep. But um, look, your first initial thoughts, East, just in terms of how we've handled the year, mate, and just with injuries, obviously, a few setbacks. Yeah, no, obviously, injuries, is, it costs us a fair bit of, uh, it costs us a few wins, you got to say that, in my opinion. Um, obviously, there's no excuses to how we've ended the year, but um, a lot of people have been saying, obviously, for me, it's a fail. Um, you can't be dropping finals, especially to teams like the Dogs, who, you know, they're just not as good as us. And talent-wise, um, aren't as good as us, and they've been just by 0.6%. Um, we put them away earlier in the year, but good on them for making the eight. They didn't choke like we did. But um, for me, this year has been a joy actually um you know i've been to plenty of games this year it's probably the most i've ever been to in this season um live and um it's just like it's been a joy and you've been able to back them in every week to beat their opponent um and we were like when was the last time we did that well honestly like last year we were horrendous you know years before we were rebuilding and then we you know failed against shit teams and we just couldn't get anything going. We couldn't get, you know, that momentum going. And obviously the start of the year was a blast. We were enjoying our footy and, you know, eight and two, when was the last time Carl was eight and two? It would have been a lot in the nineties. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was, it was a joy, but um, in the end, it's, it's a bittersweet pill to swallow because, you know, <laughs> you drop games to Adelaide and St Kilda to cost your finals. It's um, not a good way to end the year. Yeah, that's it. Well, before we go to you, Pat, obviously there's just so many different ways you can break this down to why we lost the finals. You can go GWS should have beaten the was it the Dogs last week, and then you know Hawks they probably shouldn't have necessarily beaten the Dogs. I think Dogs played all right from what I saw, um, but then we should have beaten Melbourne. Uh, we should have beaten the Pies. A percentage earlier in the year, 0.6%, like conceding big losses, like people were saying, you know, just about the four points, just about the four points. Well, I mean, yes, it's priority number one, but percentage cost is, you know, in a sense, in the end, been saying that you've got to be able to beat Adelaide and um, close out these games like we haven't. Um, but, yeah, Pato, uh, sort of a few positives, I guess, from the season, mate? Yeah, no, I think there was um, a lot of, like, of, um, I guess, positives from the season. Um, I think just, I think one of them was probably being, like, a Sydney or a Fremantle, like, they they were top they they were kind of finals like experiences and I just um like I'm just so glad because I know that a lot of people would be saying oh yeah no that was a complete fail complete like yes of course it was a failure um going off from where we were during the season at the start of the season our expectation were finals um so I think that even hurts even more that um of how well we played throughout the year because we deserve it so much more than doggies um that's just my opinion. Um, I think we would by far dominant, like so much more dominant throughout the season and, and, and just those last four games, you can't lose four in a row and expect to make finals. It, it's quite simple. Um, so yeah, but I think there was, I think there were a lot of success, um, I, like I guess positives throughout the season, but I just think once again, um, 
key injuries um, at key key stages as well. Like if we would if we were to lose a Weeders, we would come up against a pretty good forward line the next week. And say if we were to lose a Walsh or a Cripps um, in the middle, you would look like even a pit net through the season. I think that hurt, hurt us a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, negatives, but um, unfortunate that actually happened through the year. But I just think other than that, um, that's why you have depth in the in the team. So I think that's something that they need to try and look on over the um over the off season. Yeah, well said, mate. And I guess the from the negatives we take positives as well in the sense that, as you said, like we know I guess what stock, sort of stocks in the sense that we need now. Like probably um we won't say what we need because we'll get to that in the uh into the next episode. But um but yeah, you know, we'll get stuck into the stats, I guess, as a whole now. Look, as we said, more of the ball. Um 225 to 200 kicks, um, three less handballs, but overall we had more disposals. We had 65 inside 50s to 50, um, which is just, uh, sorry, to, to 44, sorry, 65 inside 50s to 44, um, which converted into 24 scoring shots to 20. So we probably arguably didn't convert inside 50s into scoring shots enough, but then they also weren't the right scoring shots with uh, 10 goals, 14, obviously. Um, I think I've got, yeah, Charles and Harry, four goals, eight between them. Um, efficiency inside 50 was about 40%, um, just pretty low. Uh, how'd you read the forward line as a whole, Heath? Uh, frustrating. Um, obviously, you know, we've had our, I think since the buy, um, we've just been a bit hit and miss our forward line. Um, you know, I'm not naming names, but just as a whole, we've just find it, found it inconsistent to really put scoreboard pressure on when we need to, especially in games where we're under the pump. Um, games like um, obviously Collingwood the first time, um, Richmond game. Uh, there's a few even Saints. How many chances do we miss that game? Uh, which in, you know, ultimately cost your finals. Um, you know, Adelaide, there was moments where, you know, the forwards are missing shots, uh, easy shots, you know, just, um, but yeah, you know, I thought, I thought they presented well yesterday. I thought Harry and Charlie were really good in the air. And I think Charlie had 10, oh no, Harry had 10 marks, Charlie had nine. Um, they weren't struggling to get the ball. I thought they were all over their defenders. I thought their key backs in Moore and, and Howe weren't dominant as they were last time we did play them. Um, we used the ball better going inside 50, uh, probably, you know, up until probably halfway point of the last quarter when we really needed to. Um, and, and yeah, like, you know, four goals, eight, it's just not good enough. Um, especially in that last quarter where, you, you know, Charlie nails that shot, takes the 30 seconds, kicks a drop punt, which he's which pretty good at. I'm not really sure why he's not backing it in at that stage of the game. Um, and ultimately... I knew it would cost us. I was so angry, so angry at the time because I knew it's going to bite us in the ass. Because I know when Collingwood's, you know, they've got a sniff of winning, they they go for it. If you if they, you got to get it out of reach, like last week against the Swans, Collingwood, uh, Swans just really got out to like a six goal lead in the last quarter. Game was over. Even if Collingwood threw everything at them, they would not win the game, and we just weren't able to do it. We needed one goal in the last quarter. <laughs> to um, win the game of footy and we couldn't fucking do it. Well, we got it in points. So we got, um, yeah, well said, we got zero goals, six from 20 inside 50s just in the final quarter, um, which I haven't got the Melbourne stats in front of me, but we seem to miss a lot of them late as well. And they took it down there and 
yeah, they were calm under pressure, I guess, so that cost us again. But we'll get stuck into, I guess, sort of a bit more around the middle and, uh, I guess, the ruck battle as well. Uh, overall hitouts, we lost 23 to 43, um, obviously having just that one, one main ruck with uh, TDK playing in the VFL, which we'll get to also later on. Um, I'll get your boys' thoughts just on Pido's game and, I guess, the pinch hitters in general, um, so whoever you saw go up in a ruck contest. Um, Ethan? I was actually pretty happy with Pitto. I thought um, he just played how he um, kind of was prior to his injury, where he actually got a fair bit of the ball yesterday. Um, he was involved in handball chains, and um, as you can see with stoppage clearances, he that's that's his forte. Um, hitting blokes right on the tip for you know throw-ins and stoppages, and um, I, I really enjoyed his game. To be honest, I think he like Cox did. He have an impact in the game. Did Cameron really have an impact in the game? As as they have in, like obviously they're good players and you know respect to them. Yeah, fifteen disposals of Pitto. Um, he had a few inside fifties as well and clearances and um, considering he's a big fella, but um, yeah, it's it's frustrating, man, because you know it was by it wasn't even close to one of our worst games and we still lose uh, in heartbreaking fashion. So um, no, I was happy with Pitto. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll get through some more stats as well. Um, before we go to you, Pato, just um, I think he had one extra hit out to advantage, um, which means having twenty less hit outs, they still managed to have more effective hit outs. It's crazy. Um, but but we sort of I mean smashed him really in the clearances in the end. Um, a lot of which would have came in the third quarter. Um, despite no Kennedy, Hewitt, or Walsh, as you mentioned, forty-seven to thirty-three clearances overall, with eleven to ten center clearances, thirty-six to twenty-three stoppage clearances. So just. I mean, smashed him around the ground, I guess, in that aspect. Uh, Chero with three, who we'll get to in a second, because I thought he played very well. Cripps three, Doc two center clearances. Um, and Cripper, who was, you know, easily best on ground for mine, with 12 clearances, uh, six to Doc, five to Pitto and Setters. Pato, how'd you read, uh, I guess, Pitto's game and just, um, yeah, in general? You know, I thought Pitt was great. Um, I think also credit to Silvani as well. Um, I don't think they really had had a had like a lot of impact, um, Cameron and Cox. So I think um, that's just credit to Silvani, I think, because I know that Pittenau was probably always going to be um, up to the contest to kind of beat uh, Cox or Cameron when they go into the ruck. But seeing Silvani up against Cox, I'm just like, oh, like nerve-wracking because, yeah, you know how tall Cox is, but Silvani just used his strengths in the ruck. And that's just as soon as that ball went to the ground, he was off. Um, so, yeah, I'm just um, stoked that we didn't really – um, get absolutely smashed in that sense. Yes, we lost by 20 hitouts, but that didn't have an impact on the game, really. Um, it's kind of where... Because I, th- I think when Silvani went up against Cox, I think the midfielders were good to kind of know that Cox was probably going to win that ruck contest. So they were good to kind of know where Cox was going to hit it. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's hard to say. Because um, you can say also that maybe TDK may have helped, but um, yeah, that's just another story. Um, I don't want to look at excuses of how we lost, but um, yeah, seeing TDK in the VFL, um, it was pretty good as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, just in terms of, um, so of course, you spoke about the hitouts, but just like clearances, mate, and around the ground. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought, once again, I thought Will Setterfield was enormous. Um, seriously, the guy is... The guy's really stepped up or just, you know, obviously playing in the right position where he's supposed to be um, in that middle. He's getting a lot of the ball, man. He's getting a lot of the ball for a guy who's, what has he played, under seven AFL games this year, um, around that mark. I think he played early on the wing, but once he's gone in the middle, he's been 
Um, fantastic. I thought, like you said, I thought Chera really had a statement game. Um, best game for the club. You know, just that impact going forward to the ball, which he's kind of lacked in the last month. He um, went on the scoreboard and in that third quarter, I thought he was the man that got us there um, as well. Oh, Paddy Cripps, um, he, if, you don't, if you don't love this guy, there is something wrong with you because, man, watching that was just, you paid money to watch him um, play footy because, Jesus, man, he killed him. He was by far the best player on the ground. Um, what do you have, 35? I think he had seven clearances in the second quarter or something. Um, he had one touch in the first quarter, ended up with 35. So it just shows you how much of a superstar he is being able to pick himself up in a huge game, uh, which was a final for us. It was a final. Um, and like someone said today, it's a, it's a good indicator going forward that we know we've got someone that can step up um, come finals time because we know he would be that man um, getting 30-plus in a final, kicking the winning goals. Um, and yesterday was elimination final for us. So it was a bit of a bit of a teaser, which is not what we wanted, but um, hopefully come 2023, he's having he's having 40 and knocking out the pies in the prelim next year. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good, mate. Um, yeah, I think Chera really lifted. He got two, two goals, I think, in the end. Uh, sort of started, I think, in the third quarter, maybe with the first uh, from memory. But um, yeah, as for Cripps, it was just great to see him rise to the occasion and try and get us over the line. I thought it was a bit... I don't, know, I don't know if I didn't notice too much booing throughout the game, but I definitely noticed when they booed when he got the uh, best on ground, maybe get a medal or whatever they get. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Bucks doesn't like them booing uh, Pendles. And shame on anyone that boos Pendles, but uh, Cripper's all right, apparently. Anyway, um, 88% uh, CBA to Sam Doherty. Um, we'll talk on touch on him with 29 disposals, 23 of which were kicks, uh, with 786 metres gained. Seven tackles, um, fuck me. Like I, we asked, we spoke about it last week in terms of should he get more midfield minutes? Is it good to have that option? Um, Daff, what, you, what was your opinion on his game? And um, has your, I guess, mind changed in terms of more midfield time? Oh, enormous. That third quarter um, and even the second quarter when we were kind of getting back on top, how good is he when he just gets it? Um, he's, he's really inspiring the way he plays his football um, when he's going. Um, like 800 metres gain is fucking enormous. Like, um, it would have been game high, would it? Up there, probably with... Uh, it was. Yep, game high. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought he really stepped up again. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to work like that next year. I think there might be some sort... Obviously, we'll touch on that in the review and other episodes in the next few months. But um, he could definitely go on the midfield for a five-minute spell or five minutes, you know, when a Walsh is off injured or um, tired or, you know, maybe a part of that rotation with it, with a Zach Williams, who I thought was fucking phenomenal yesterday. But, um, yeah, I thought Doc was good. Yeah, so, yeah, Doc, game high, 786 metres gained. And there was three Colonial players um, all around the 600 to 500. So, yeah, smacked him really. Um, Pato, same questions to you, mate. Thoughts on Doc's game and more midfield time, perhaps? Um, I asked you the question last week, but just sort of, do you see it the same way still or? Yeah, um, I'll, um, I'll also just talk about the midfield as well. So I think um, Kripa, um, when he had that knock, um, I think it was to the ribs, and when he just said to the dock, go away. Just when he just said that and pushed him away, that was, no, but that was that was goosebumps sort of moment. Um, that was like just, because you can tell it how much pain he was in and just like, oh no, just everyone was like, nah, nah. He's done, he's done, he's done his ribs. And he, if, like when you just extend that arm to push him away, that's that's why he's the captain. That's why he's such a lovable character. 
um, and Chair, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, of course, it would have helped having Kennedy or Hewitt in there, but um, Chair, he's made for finals, man. Um, he's a he's a finals player, hundred percent. And yes, say he showed eighty eight thousand at the G. Um, I think he's definitely one of those players that will um, really just build from that um, into preseason. But um, yeah, Sam Jockey, uh, I think he's a halfbacker. I know that I said it last week. I just still think he's a halfbacker. Um, I would probably rather him. I know that last week I said that I, I would rather Zach Williams probably transition into the midfield over Sam Doherty, but I think Sam Doherty is probably that player um, over over Zach Williams because of how good Williams played yesterday off the halfback. Like he's just a he's a freak, isn't he? Um, he, he just creates stuff, um, which is awesome to see. But um, I also mentioned about Will Setterfield, which I think is probably why he's so effective in in this midfield is that he had twenty four touches, but nineteen of those were kicks. Um, and you don't see that a lot in our team. Um, you see Cripper getting a lot of handballs, Kennedy in there, Hewitt handball, Chero handball, Walshy handball. Says is the guy that wants to use his foot. Um, and of course, the game is football. So if you have a midfield, a midfielder in there who, who likes to use his his foot skills, um, I think he's. I think he probably could be potentially in that best twenty-two um, in that midfield. But um, yeah, I thought everyone was pretty good, and and that's just why it's just very. Um, it's hard that there weren't a lot of people that like, there weren't a lot of things that went wrong. Um, yeah. That's why it hurts even more. Yeah, absolutely. Mate. Um, second for meters game setters with 525. We all have our players that we really like and defend. You know, yours is O'Brien, Pato, Daff, Chera probably, um, or stock. But uh, yeah, like for me, setters, I've said it every week. I think he's too good for VFL. Um, yeah. I actually rate him quite highly, but um, yeah, it's good to see him reaping the rewards. Is that the saying? I don't know. Something like so yeah, moving on, just um, like looking at possessions overall, contested possessions absolutely fucking smashed them. I think Cripper had twenty seven, um, one hundred and seventy seven or one hundred and twenty three overall. We, you know, pretty much bullied them in that sense, uh, especially in that third quarter. Um, to, but yeah, twenty seven to Cripps and then twelve to Chera. Uh, we had less turnovers as well, which is good to see. Sixty seven to seventy two. They did, however, get a, you know slightly more uncontested possessions. Um, but no, nothing too crazy. 179 to 193. Like you read all these stats that we've read out throughout this episode, and you, you sort of do ask the question of how much we actually won by. Because fuck me, like you look at it, we should have won, but um, we didn't. And um, yeah, anyway, Eth, what do you reckon about this contested, uncontested possessions? Um, how'd you say that, mate? Yeah, well, <laughs> like you said, um, we just beat them at most stats. We've had less turnovers. Um, probably would have liked a few more uncontested. I think that's kind of how we play. Um, you know, obviously contested's initial from the source you contested, but when you get the ball out and you get more of that space and time um, uncontested is where we, you know, put the score on. I think in the third quarter we had a lot of that, you know, um, especially, you know, Cripper's handball out to um, Charlie, which is, you know, you know, it's it's giving me bad PTSD right now. Um, but yeah, like you know, handballs out to Charlie, who's you know uncontested, um, you know, out wide. That's when we play our best footy, and um, they had more of that. So maybe that's you know, I don't know if that's a big thing, but uh, maybe we were just we were just more under the pump when we had the ball um, than we really should be. But yeah, it's um, it's hard to read it because fuck, like. We still lost the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, 
we sort of, you know, we're very contested in the sense that our average is 145, we've got 177, but our average is 235 for uncontested, we've got 179. So it's quite below uh, the average, but they were slightly below the average too. Um, but yeah, Pato, how did you read it, mate? Yeah, like you kind of look there, the, the, like the stats, and a lot of people would be asking, oh, so how many, how much points did the Blue Baggers win by? Because seriously, you kind of looks like that, that's a, that's a type of game that, they would win. Um, and that's just why, like, like I said before, I just don't know where we kind of lost it. And I, I just think it was personally just down to Collingwood just wanted it more, which um, which really hurts me. Um, but yeah, I just think, um, yeah, I, other than that, I just, there were just some stages um, where they just had that extra hand. They just had that extra hand on the smother, like, in the middle. So like Maynard would just put that extra fingernail on it. That would mess up the kick from Kripper or something like, and just down there, like, so like Moore would try his extra, like just that extra meter to chase down like an always. So always would mess up the kick just, and, and a lot of the times, just a lot of players were like that. Um, so yeah, um, I know that this was probably a game that probably wasn't really down to stats. It was just who wanted it more, who would be more composed under, under the pressure. Um, under the lights of the um, MCG. But yeah, I just think um, that that's what it was kind of down to. And um, yeah, hurts me. Hurts, mate. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough uh, pill to swallow. Um, yeah, look, I want to ask this question and I'm not sure what your guys' opinion on it was. I know Speechless. Speechless thought it was, uh, they were very lucky to pies week after week. But is it skill? Is it luck to close out these close games? Because we haven't done it two weeks in a row. Collingwood done it, you know, for many games in a row. So, Ethan, um, what's your thoughts on just winning them close games, mate, when it matters? Oh, I think, I think, um, you know, the first few weeks, probably like, oh, yeah, they're pulling out of their ass. But when it gets to about nine wins under five points, it actually turns into um, the mentality of the group, their group. Because, um, um, you know, mentally, mentality is always more important than talent, in my opinion. Um, obviously, we've got more talent in, than them, even though we might be a, bit a little biased. But I think we do, personally. I think that's just realistic. Um, but, yeah, like, you got to respect them because, like, going through that every single week and winning every single time. Like, have they lost a close one this year? Uh, probably not. No. Uh, I think the games they've lost were, you know, hefty losses, maybe a five-goal, four-goal loss. But, yeah, obviously... We um, have failed to do it once in the last two weeks. So, yeah, you got to respect them, um, even though I hate their guts and you know, revenge will be coming in 2023, but you've got re- to respect them for that. Moving on uh, to the last, I guess, set of stats, because you can sit here and look and analyse everything. Uh, I'll go through these two, then I'll get your boys. Uh, final thoughts before we move into the next sort of, I guess, segment. Look, marks are pretty similar, 80 to 82. Um, although we had less marks overall, we had more marks inside 50, uh, 11 to 9. Contested marks, it was a pretty contested game, I guess, so 15 apiece, which is both above uh, our average and theirs. Lewis Young, um, don't get your boys' thoughts on the second. 15 intercepts, which is pretty good. Uh, 64 to 68 tackles, so fairly close there, although it is above our average by eight, so it's, I guess, a good takeaway. Um, here's the big one here. So we laid 15 tackles inside um 50 450 to their three they had three tackles uh inside of their 50 um which is 
Um, damage to look at. Like they averaged, what, 10, they got three. We averaged 11, got 15. Um, it's crazy. But um, what, were your, what was your thoughts on them, Heath? Yeah, well, it's just another stat that's just stabbing me in the back, really, isn't it? Um, 15 to three, and we lose a game for ball. Um, I don't, I don't think I've seen a stat like that. Stat, those stats are pretty important. In losses we've had, we've been obviously on the other side of that, having like four or five inside fifty, ending up losing the game. But when you're fifteen to three and still lose the game, um, and more often than not, half of those are probably holding the balls. And um, geez, talking about umpiring, but we'll move on from that. But yeah, um, yeah, just it's just frustrating, man, because. I, I, I was happy. I was proud of them. Obviously, we're all proud of them this year, but um, like we've been saying for the majority of this episode, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well said, Pato. Final thoughts on this, yeah, damn stats, mate, and just the stats overall. Once again, it's just a stat that's really important and critical to this game. Um, and once again, it's just a stat that we've kind of won and we've actually dominated and you just wonder how did we lose this game? Um, so, yeah, as Duff said, um, another – it's just credit to Collingwood. Um, simply just – it's brutal. It is a brutal game. Um, and, yeah, just um, we tried our best. You know that every single player out there wanted to win. They tried their heart out in that last quarter. Um, just couldn't convert. Yeah, well said, mate. Just in terms of um, heartache, um, saw Sam Walsh sort of almost in tears, um, you know, the face sort of in the hands. Post-game up in the box, that was sort of hard to see because you know that boy would have done everything he could to have been out there. So, you know, it's pretty bad if uh, Sammy Walsh isn't playing. Um, and look, <laughs> some couple of uh, it's a couple of sad little uh, stats, but I guess I'll, as I think Ethan said earlier on, you don't laugh, you cry. So uh, look, yep. this loss uh, means the Blues become the first VFL or AFL team um, to have been in finals um, since pretty much round one, um, and then obviously not made the finals at the end of it, end of the year. Um, first time since the Blue side of 1977, funnily enough. Um, uh, also the first V slash AFL side to drop out of a final spot with a one point loss in the final round. Um, who did it before us? It was us in 1944. So a couple of uh, sad stats, but um, interesting nonetheless. Uh, all right, we need some positive stuff. So to end on some positive stuff, all Australian squad just been announced. Um, so we'll get, we're, we're happily enough to obviously announce we've got I mean, five inclusions into that, none of which you'd probably be shocked at. Um, maybe one. But um, I'll get your boys' thoughts on that. Um, look, I'll go run through it. Paddy Cripps, Charlie Kerno, Adam Saad, Sam Walsh. And if I was to be shocked about one, it'd be this one. I'm saying you played a bad season um, and you haven't made the final team yet, obviously. But Jacob Wiedering, uh, Ethan, what are your thoughts on that, mate? And, um, yeah, it's obviously a good positive to take away at the end of the year. Yeah, it is a positive. It's also another stab in the back of how many good players we have in the side. And we failed to beat the fucking Saints at Adelaide. But... Um, um, on a more positive note, obviously, these boys have had a great year. Uh, I thought Weeders, um, like you said, surprised for me um, to be in there. I'm not like he had a bad year. I thought he was superb until up, up till his injury. Um, I thought he was absolutely superb at the start of the year. I thought we, most of us were superb, but he was that, you know, that kind of key back we needed. Um, and he has been for the last three years. We all love Weeders. But, yeah, I thought the second half of the year he, 
after his injury, struggled a little bit, just couldn't really get that form going as he as we've previously seen. But I know he'll come back bigger and better next year because we know the ultimate professional he is. But, um, yeah, Cripper, Kerno, Sadi and Walsh, you all deserve it, definitely. Um, obviously, as uh, as it says up here, obviously, Kerno and um, Sadi haven't been all Australian before, so that's a big step up in their careers. Um, obviously, Sadi started his career different path than these guys. You know, obviously, being a rookie, going to the Suns and um, obviously going to the, the, the scum of Essendon and coming to the real club in Carlton, really stepping up his game. And, um, geez, he's been good to watch this year, Adam. Um, and obviously, obviously Charlie Kerno was uh, probably the best comeback story this year with um, Doc. Yeah, absolutely. Two for, I guess, different reasons. Both out with, uh, you know, uh, circumstances we wish they weren't out with. Uh, one more so than the other, obviously. But um, to see both of them come back in the way they did um, has been, yeah, nothing short of inspirational and fantastic. Pato, thoughts on the All-Australian squad, mate? Yeah, I think all five of them were pretty good this year. I know that I would agree with Wienering. Um, Very surprised about that. And it probably just shows how good his probably first half of the season before he got injured was um, just because I know that with his form, when he came back from his injury, wasn't up to scratch. Um, he, he he would be the first one to say that as well. He probably wouldn't accept that. Um, he's just, that's just the type of player he is. That's just the type of leader he is. Um, leader he, is. Um, he has high expectations on himself and that's on, on himself. And that's just why he's such a, I mean, he's just such a lovable character at this club. Um, yeah, Sadi probably is the one, and probably Charlie as well. Just awesome, awesome seasons. Um, Charlie obviously with the common, and Sadi just playing off that halfback. Um, if he doesn't get in the All Australian team, I don't know what's wrong. Um, I don't know what's actually going on with the selectors because he's been fantastic. And there's people who were saying that maybe even like a Sinclair who's been pretty good, but um, he's probably played a little bit more of a midfield role. Assad's been that halfback, hasn't moved from the halfback flank the whole year. So he's been absolutely fantastic. And I'm just so stoked that um, he's kind of pulled out the season um, he's he's had this year. And also Charlie Kernho, like that comeback story, um, fantastic um, to kind of push through and find a way to get back into the best 22 um, and produce the season that he had with also winning the comp and the best, arguably the best forward in the comp right now. Um, just fantastic and so stoked for him. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, look, let's give some perspective. This time last year, we what, just lost to JWS, I think it was, the last round. Um, as sad as this is, as heartbreaking as this is, fuck me like we've had a good year in the sense that there's a lot of positives yeah. to take out of this match, match before, uh, throughout the whole year. A lot of, you know, things that didn't go our way, but we'll build from that, grow on grow from that and um, come out better than, better than ever. And look, you know, we gave Dre Russ a bit of shit sort of a week or two ago, but um, look, Williams has been out and, you know, a lot of that has to go to Zach Williams as well, um, pre- preparing himself. But um, I don't know how long that bloke's been out for, but I thought he was just absolutely, yeah, fantastic. When he got that ball and he was sort of um, off top, you know, half back, whatever, streaming sort of forward, I, I thought he, yeah, used it well. I thought he got the ball well. And um, yeah, what were your thoughts, Ace? Enormous, enormous. Um, him and Sadi, one right foot, one left foot, is enormous for our team. And obviously, he went out when we were uh, seven and two. So it shows you the uh, absolute difference he makes. And if I hear one more word of him being shit, just watch football, please, because he showed he was 14 weeks off and comes into a game where you need to win the game of football and played the way he did. 
um, really alleviates the pressure offside and other back other members of the back six. Um, and he's just he was hitting targets. His meters gain would have been very high, I'd imagine. Um, it was just good to see. And he's like you know our, our game is handball received through the middle of the ground. And if you've got him and Saad, you can pick one or the other depending on how your forwards are set up on each side of the ground or how the game's playing on each wing or whatever. Um, you don't have to just go to Saad every single time and it's predictable. You can go to a Williams who can do the, exactly the same thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just proud of him and um, I hope he has another good preseason because he's. Um, I think he's had a good season. In the games he's played, I think he's been great compared to last year. Um, he's massive improvement, which has uh, been kind of equivalent to the improvement we've had as a football club. Um, this year, which has been a massive turnaround. So, yes, it was great performance from him. Yeah, I think them two, um, whether it's Doc rotating through, uh, uh, Gov as well, we're going to have a bloody good year next year. But with our 421 metres game too, by the way, for Zach from 16 disposals, uh, 13 of which were kicks. Um, what were your thoughts on his game, Pato, before we get into best on ground, mate? Yeah, I thought Zach was great. Um, I think it's another risk that the club kind of had to take um, knowing um, his sort of impact that he has on, on this team and especially off the halfback flank. Um, I know that we probably had to play him. Um, I would rather have a maybe 85% Zach Williams out there rather than him not being out there. So I think we had to take that risk and my word was he hundred um, percent. He was fantastic. Um, very close to best on ground for me um, just because of his impact. Um, his, his, his creativity off the halfback is just saying that we've kind of been missing um, I didn't know how much we have missed it um, since he's been injured, but um, just his football smarts and IQ has just been like, it shows on the week um, or like it shows on Sunday, Arvo, how good it was. Um, and especially at Giants as well. I think he's always been that smart footballer. Um, probably doesn't have the best technique with his kicking, but my word, he hits targets. Um, and I just think that he's just fantastic. And, and I'm so stoked that finally he's starting to get some games together. Um, that probably wasn't looking likely when he, first moved to the club and started to get some injuries. Um, now he's starting to get some games together. Well, he got a really, like, well, like he had a really good game yesterday. Um, in front of 88,000 people, like, that's just one thing that's very underrated is a lot of people shy away from that, um, but he just performs. Um, so, yeah, I'm just so stoked. And we saw a lot of players yesterday that stepped up under that pressure. So, yeah, I'm stoked for Zach Williams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, loves to be creative. He would have played in uh, the grand final, wouldn't he, for GWS? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so big crowd there, and you can go their way, obviously. But um, we'll get stuck into best on ground. Look, we try and keep them diverse, and I'm going to tell them, you boys what who to go, but I'd be very shocked if we don't all go to the same person. Uh, Ace, who have you got, mate? Yeah, just quick mention before I say this one I've got. Um, Adam Chera's best game, as I said before, enormous. Um, I think he'll get the two votes, in my opinion. Uh, I think they were the two highest-rated players. So I've already, obviously got Cripper. 35, you can't shy away from that. 27 contested. How many times in a pack did he get tackled by four blokes and handballed out? That is why he is so enormous because, you know, he can drag three guys with him and open up lanes for other teammates, which almost won the game and should have won us the game. And out of all blokes who deserve to play fucking finals, he does. Not fucking Bont, not other fucking dickheads. He does. He does. He's the man. He seriously is the man. And um, what is he, 27? Uh, he'll be 28 um, probably next year come September, around there. Um, so hopefully, hopefully 
he's playing a finals footy game and he's uh, singing the national anthem uh, pre-game. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, Pato, best on, mate. Yeah, Cripper 28 next year. That just that makes me feel very old. So, um, cheers, Cripper, for that. Um, no, but I think um, he was fantastic. But you boys know that I always don't like to always follow the same sort of person. And I've got Adam Chera. I mean... From the start of the season, I've said that this guy is probably my favourite footballer at the club. Um, I think it, he's probably just behind a Lockie O'Brien, but I think Chera's probably taken over just because I love how this guy goes about it. Um, I read through his stats, 27 touches, two goals, which I thought was fantastic. 15 kicks, 12 handballs, seven tackles, which is you needed a tackler in there and he just delivered with that. Um, six clearances, which I thought was pretty good. Obviously, half um, from Cripper. So, um, and also yeah. 77% um, efficiency. Um, and I thought also just a big time player, 88,000 at the G. Um, he stepped up, and that's by far the best game that we've seen him play in the Navy Blue. Um, and yeah, I just think that when he kicked those goals, it was kind of when he did kick him, uh, kick them, that they were kind of. Um, energizing really like when he kicked in they were just like everyone was up and about um, so yeah I thought he really stepped up um, I'm really pleased that he that he was one of those players that stepped up on, on the big stage and um, once again I just think these types of players you kind of see him because yes it wasn't an actual final but it was pretty much an, an elimination final type feeling so seeing those guys out there um, really step up um, I'm just proud of him really really proud of him with how they kind of dealt with the um, with the game and obviously with those last five minutes that just it, it it just got ripped ripped away from us but um it's unfortunate but yeah i thought Cheryl definitely was best on ground for me also mate uh young one crips um ethan you had the stats out mate so um yeah everything you mentioned was the reason why i made it my best on um well that's about it uh vfl made finals of course which was uh great to see against uh you know it's got one win over the scum and we'll play them again next week. So that's three weeks, you know, playing them three times in two weeks or whatever. But um, yeah, well, if you haven't already supported the VFL throughout the year, um, look, next week's a, the best chance to, or this week, I should say, the best chance to with the week off. Obviously, um, uh, the seniors, no football at all in terms of any club. So the week off, get down to Victoria Park. I think it's a t- Sunday the 28th, I think it is. Um, I'll look at it on my phone. But um, yeah, at 1.05 p.m., if you haven't got down to a game, make sure you get down to this one. Um, hopefully, they don't get spat on by the scum down there. But um, look, it should be a good game uh, and go down there and support the boys. But um, look, thank you to everyone for their support, I guess, throughout the year. Um, of course, this is our last uh, review. Um, unfortunately, didn't end, the season didn't end the way we, we hoped it, it uh, would. But look, uh, we appreciate everyone that watches and tunes in um, every week, twice a week. Um, and yeah, support means the world to all of us, us three, and uh, sometimes us four. But um, yeah, be, if you're not already, please like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, and anything else you wanted to add, boys? Just try and stay positive because we're going to get there. We're going to fucking get there. Trust me. Picture it and remember that game where all those maggots were yelling at us. <laughs> giving it to us all over Twitter. We'll remember that. We'll remember that come next year. We won't, we won't make that mistake. Bossy will not let us make that mistake. And uh, when Luke Bruce is kicking goals with the baggers, uh, it'll be good times ahead. Oh, that's a good little, that's a good, that's a good little snippet towards the end there for the, uh, oh. the next couple of episodes to be released uh, later in the year. Um, Pato, anything else? Final thoughts, mate? Yeah. Um, that's a very nice tease for trade, trade talk at, at Dappy Boy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, 
I thought that I would just very just quickly just touch on just how um how great the support has been kind of throughout the year from Bags Chat. Um, I mean, obviously we're up to 313 subscribers, but um, I think we've also just um, we've gone up well. Like we've 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 tried a lot harder this year just to try and get a lot more content out there, um, which I think's worked out pretty well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know that it somewhat is a little bit of therapy coming on here trying to speak about the mighty baggers after a loss, but um, also just the good times. Um, it, it will actually be good to look at some episodes throughout the year um, when we were up and about and see how excited we were. Cause I do, I do miss those times, but um, obviously, I mean, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't ride the highs and the lows. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think it's been a great season and um, absolute pleasure going on the podcast every week with you boys. Yeah, well said, mate. Um, beautifully said. Uh, look, that's it from me. That's it from us, boys. Um, Pato, for one last time in the season of 2022, mate, bring us home. <laughs> oh, well, not yet because we got the season review coming up soon, boys. But as always, boys, up the baggers. Uh-huh.